0: baseball season is here. February the 15th. Pitchers and catchers reporting in Dunedin, Florida for the Toronto Blue Jays. The boys of summer. In the winter. Have you gone? I know a few of you in Saskatchewan have been down there. Either Dunedin or you've been to spring training in Arizona. One of the two. I have never been. Well, that's a lie. I have been down there. I've just never taken in spring training. It was like late into spring training. Um when the riders used to have their camp down in Bradenton, uh, Florida. But everyone's like, if go, you get way closer access than you'll ever get with if you're a big fan of a team, go to their headquarters. When they start reporting, they're a little relaxed. Season hasn't started yet. They're there for training. They meet and greet the fans and sign the autographs. You have to do it once in a year. Just go down there once. And some people go every single year. But yes, the uh, Toronto Blue Jays have reported, at least pitchers and catchers reporting. And, And it's time to move away from football, ladies and gentlemen. For the first Sunday, the first weekend since Preseason football in the Canadian Football League in May. This weekend, no football. UFL doesn't start until March as we start to focus in on, of course, the run to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Trade deadline coming up in the National Hockey League. NBA NBA All-Star game coming up, of course. Then you have their run to the playoffs. Oh, yeah, locally at home, the WHL. Has just over a month left. They'll get into the playoffs, and there's some hot teams to watch in Saskatchewan. We're talking to head coach Mark O'Leary from the Moose Jaw Warriors tomorrow here on the Green Zone. Now they are climbing up. They have the second best when it comes to points percentage in the Eastern Conference behind the Saskatoon Blades. It could be lined up that way. But also it is time for spring training for baseball. And are you excited, Blue Jay fans, for what's coming? There's a lot of excitement recently in Saskatchewan around the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, We just had Jose Bautista, Jose Barrios, Buck Martinez, Jamie Campbell at the Kinsman Sports Celebrity Dinner. You remember we had Jose Bautista on the green zone. Talking about this group moving into this season, the growth he sees as younger players continuing to develop. Can they make the next jump? There's one player in particular that I think should have more focus on them than any other player for the Toronto Blue Jays because he sucked last year, and that is Alec Manoa. He was their ace. He started the season, opening day, and he was brutal in Major League Baseball. And it took a shot at their what looked like a pretty deep rotation for the Toronto Blue Jays. And they kind of floundered around that spot and how to fill it. Some other guys, Kevin Gosman was great. Uh, Yussi Kikuchi had a comeback season, pitched very well for the Toronto Blue Jays, had a decent bullpen. But this offseason, it was all about Shohei Otani. Can they land Shohei? We were tracking the flight of a Dragon's Den host, thinking Shohei Otani was going to show up in Toronto. He didn't. He's now an L.A. Dodger. So, Blue Jay fans, I know there are many out there. I met you, some of you at that Kinsman dinner with the Toronto Blue Jays. What do you think of this season? Are you getting excited for the Jays? Or was it a letdown? I'm on it. I'll be honest. I thought this offseason was a letdown. They tried to hit a few home runs. There was a lot of chatter about Shohei and Juan Soto We got Justin Turner. Uh, Kiermaier came back. It's like, oh, okay. Where are we going? But if Alec Manoa can come back, and Scott Mitchell at TSN, a good friend of mine in the green zone, they're hearing he's, he's lost some weight. He's scheduled to speak Friday. And if he gets his game back, that's a lot of good for the Toronto Blue Jays. Because that is, I would argue, one of the better starting rotations. If Manoa's back, Kikuchi can pitch again, like those types of things. We'll see how it goes. What do you think? One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five is, yes, mid-February we're thinking about baseball as uh, pitchers and catchers report in Dunedin. More coming up on the Green Zone. Some NHL rumors flying around about a couple of goaltenders. Jake Allen as well as Jacob Markstrom with the Montreal Canadiens and the Calgary Flames looking to likely sell just a little bit. And some CFL headlines. Day three of CFL free agency. No news for the Rough Riders, but the biggest story was the man you probably have titled the dirtiest football player in the CFL. Quarterbacks relieved today. Simone Lawrence, retired. This is 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie and I with you here in the Green Zone on this Thursday afternoon. As we talk about life after football as uh, the Super Bowl ends and now we have to wait till May. Sorry so I'm not watching the UFL. Like I they're out. Sorry, not interested. Gave them a chance, gave the XFL, USFL a chance. I was like, geez, Louise. Just there's no crowd. There's no feeling. It just feels like a mini camp amongst a couple of guys out there to try to get an NFL job. It just didn't feel... And I know you're probably going, well, what's the Canadian Football League? There's 2,000 people in the stands or less. There's atmosphere. There's, I don't know. Plus, it's just the sense of you grew up with it. You have a connection to it. There's no connection to the UFL. The only reason St. Louis gets fans is because they're so ticked off they move the Rams out of St. Louis, it's out of spite that they show up to the UFL. But I digress. Uh, Peter and Mushaw wants to weigh in on Alec Manoa. Do you think it's going to be a comeback season for the Jays pitcher?
1: Uh, Jamie, I've never liked the guy. I just think that his stuff is just not good enough. Uh, he throws he used to throw a mid-90s fastball, but that last year that declined to 91 most cases, and he throws a slider, and the slider doesn't cut. It just kind of stays on the same plane. I just don't know. I, I was always I wondering why they hadn't pounded this guy, and finally last year they did pound him. So I just I think he's done. I, I don't think he's got anything. I don't, I never thought he really had world-class stuff.
0: Well, he came in, of course, he burst onto the scene uh, as a 23-year-old, and remember, he's a young man. Like, do you give up on a guy who's 25 I don't think so. I think pitchers can be a little bit like goaltenders once they've kind of figure out find their stuff. Sometimes it's up and down. He came in in his first year nine and two. He was nine and two record in that first year. Sixteen and seven in his second year for the Toronto Blue Jays. He was he got MVP votes, All Star, but last year Peter's bang on. His ERA was darn near six. It was terrible. It was awful. Peter says no. Bruce, you have a different opinion on a comeback season for Alec Manoa.
1: Yes, I think he's going to be just fine. Um, I'm not sure why he had such a bad season last year, but it had to be something mechanical that they. I hope that they found and have changed. So we'll see in the spring training how he does. Um, The other comment I want to make is I'm looking forward to what Kirk can bring to the plate again. Um, Apparently he's lost a lot of weight, and and I think he was probably embarrassed about his performances last year, and I really anticipate a lot of good things about him.
0: Well, uh, and Manoa too, as Scott Mitchell reporting, cut some weight for Alec Manoa. We'll see what that means on the mound, but he's going to be closely watched. Alejandro, one of them. I think every, one of everybody's favorite uh, Toronto Blue Jays, of course, is uh, the, the catcher. But are you optimistic on what this Blue Jay team can do? Do you think they can ever get over that hump of, you know, going to a wild card and losing with this group? They tried their darndest. They, you know, tried to hit the biggest home run of their lives by signing Shohei Otani, and it almost... Like, how much did they lose by chasing him so hard? And then once he made his decision, you looked around and went, well, we could have been a little bit more aggressive for some of these other guys that we now may have missed out on. And are you, are you convinced they were actually going to get Shohei Ohtani? There's that whole thing on, well, maybe he was just playing the Blue Jays to get more money from the Dodgers, because it sounded like, from all the reports after, that the L.A. Dodgers pretty much said, whoever offers you something, we will add a million dollars a season or more to it. like It was, we will up the ante, you chase whatever, and did he use the Blue Jays' leverage? If he did, good on him. He got more out of the L.A. Dodgers... A record deal out of the L.A. Dodgers. Okay, I'm, I'm seeing the text coming in because I'm lamenting, okay, I'm a hockey fan. I'll watch hockey on Saturday night. It's not like I'm, like, lost because I don't have football, but I am football first. You're probably not surprised by that. And I see your texts. Nine. Daytona 500 this weekend. Are you not a fan of cars turning left for four and a half hours? I used to be a big NASCAR fan. I religiously growing up watched the Daytona 500. Dale Earnhardt was my guy. Number three was my number. I wore number three in any sport I could get it, I wore number three. Love Dale Earnhardt. I was, you know, rooting for DJ too when he started to rise after his dad's death at Daytona. But I kind of lost favor. But I'm, I'm going to ask you a question, okay? Because you're, you're texting in about NASCAR, and this has popped up on Netflix every time I've turned it on recently, which is full speed. It's a new NASCAR series based on Formula One's Drive to Survive. The Drive to Survive is back next weekend? I think, I think it's a week tomorrow, uh, Drive to Survive is back on Netflix, their latest season. That's the F1 documentary they follow around from last year. You already know the results, but you see all the background drama, and it is so well put together and has increased the fandom of F1. I watch F1 now, not religiously, but when it's on, I'm following it a lot closer because of Drive to Survive. We've seen a full swing has been on there with golf. I forget. Breakpoint was the tennis one they did and now they have a nascar one full speed should i watch it am i going to get back into nascar again if i watch full speed i've been looking at it i've been pondering i'm like i don't know if i want to dedicate don't have a lot of time on my hands do i want to dedicate myself onto this one is it as good as drive to survive but all these series do one thing, and it's master class, is engage an audience who may not have been engaged by giving you the access you never got before. Like the quarterback series on Netflix with Patrick Mahomes and Kirk Cousins it was wonderful for a football geek to see them go through it, and Kirk Cousins listening to the play calls on his way to and from the facility so he could... Remember and get the coach, and it got, he got his coach to say it because it would be the coach calling the plays. All that stuff is great. We need the CFL to do more of it. But should I, should I jump in here with NASCAR's Full Speed on on Netflix or not? Yes, the Daytona Five Hundred does go this weekend. <laughs> Time now for the Green Zone One Minute Drill. The latest in sports: twelve games in the NHL tonight. Six Canadian teams on the ice, including the league leading Vancouver Canucks against the Detroit Red Wings, the Oilers on the road against St. Louis. Flames are home to San Jose as part of the action. Connor Bedard is back for the Chicago Blackhawks. He finally got clearance to play. You will see him tonight against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Bedard still tied for top spot in rookie scoring in the NHL. Simone Lawrence has called it a career on the field. The Hamilton Tiger Cats linebacker uh, says he's graduated uh, from football. He's now going to be an ambassador uh, with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And Morgan Riley, his appeal of his five-game suspension, goes tomorrow with Gary Bettman. Coming up next, also this weekend, you're going to watch some curling. The Scotties Tournament of Hearts we will get a preview from Russ Howard on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Send Yeah, I'm leaving GA. And if it weren't for Kilo and pretty senioritas, I'd have no reason to stay. Yeah, I'm leaving GA. Jamie and I with you here in the green zone. I was talking about reality shows, sports reality shows. Of course, you have hard knocks and all that other fun stuff. But the NFL answer to The Last Dance is coming out tomorrow. The New England Patriots, I guess tonight, maybe. The New England Patriots Dynasty Series. I I read through the episode list. Episode 2, The Snowball I don't want to watch that one. I'm really interested in this documentary about the uh, New England Patriots. It looks like it's got Kraft and Belichick and Brady and some of the people who have been able to see it and preview it share some interesting information about how that relationship ended with Belichick and Brady. But Episode 2 on The snowball game? The fumble? That wasn't a fumble? I don't know if I can bear to watch that episode unless someone tells me that they they admit it, that it was a fumble and they got an advantage and it was an unfair advantage against the Raiders. Then I'll watch it, just to confirm what I've always known, that the Raiders got screwed by the National Football League. (sighs) Sorry, I digress. Coming up tomorrow night is... Draw number one of the Scotties Tournament of Hearts, young Skylar Ackerman representing Saskatchewan after her provincial title a few weeks ago in Tisdale will wear the Saskatchewan colors for the second time. She was an alternate last year with Robin Silvernagle, Will wear those colors as Skip. Russ Howard of TSN will have the broadcast starting tomorrow night when Saskatchewan takes on PEI. But we need to start, Russ, with Jennifer Jones announcing this will be her last Scotties. And uh, what a legacy she lives uh, leaves in the game of curling.
1: Well, you know, she's got to be arguably the best ever. Uh, you know, Sander for sure. Uh, Colleen Jones, I think Colleen and Jennifer both won six. You know, Sander winning three and, and you know, winning the Olympics, uh I always hate to compare different eras and stuff, but uh, you know, when you look at Jennifer. She's been in a lot of eras. <laughs> it's been a long career. Um, you know, it just just uh, changed the strategy a little bit too. The women's game became a lot more aggressive play, similar to the men's game. Uh, once we got to the three, four, five rock roll stuff, and Jennifer was the leader in that. She, uh, her uh, strategic mind, second to none, and uh, ice reading, and a lot of the little things, not just shot making. A lot of them out here can make shots. But it's those little intangibles that um, she's head and shoulders ahead of a lot of teams.
0: What is that difference you skipped on being good to being great, and what made Jennifer so great?
1: Well, again, I think I think it's partly that, like like uh, great draw weight. uh, But it's it's the uh, I remember saying to my daughter one day, you know, the skip can make four people bad, (laughs) right? Because the skip can be the world's best curler but if they're not quite reading the ice right on that given day or afternoon or whatever it is and you know they're taking a little too much ice for joe blow's out turn and uh you've got to be able to read the releases you know it's it's four humans that are throwing at you and you've got to uh, be able to um figure out the releases and those those because you're human human things change uh, maybe you know when she was with caitlin laws maybe under pressure caitlin's out turn she threw a little harder or she threw it a little bit in out or all those little intangibles—you uh, know, what's the ace doing later in the game? Is it slowing down down the middle? Is, you know, if you go wider, is it quicker? You, there's just so much reading, uh, figuring of the rocks, the different rocks. Is, there's so much to it now. It's it uh, it takes time to be a world class skip, and um, she's been there for a long time.
0: Uh, six uh, championships, of course. Her and Sandra Schmerler are the only ones to win a Scotty's Worlds and, of course, Olympic gold medal. What are her chances? with this young team out of Manitoba.
1: Oh, really good. They were second last year with the same team and and uh I I was shocked at that. I, I knew Jennifer's Jennifer but and I knew the girls were really good, uh, coming off World Junior Championships and but to play with a legend in a Scott's turn of my heart, uh under the big lights with the big crowds, all the media attention, uh they did very well. So there's no reason why they can't do that well or better.
0: As uh, they Begin. Uh, they will uh, be on a separate side than the defending champ. Uh, speaking of legends, Kerry Anderson's making <laughs> a, a legacy yeah. run here at the Scotties Tournament of Hearts. How unbelievable is it uh, that this group has uh, been able to string a uh, four together and one of the favorites again, uh, trying to win number five.
1: Oh, it's off the charts. And I, I guess I should have added uh, Kerry as a, as the top four skips <laughs> Uh, I played my entire life to win two Briars. I came second six times. You know, like it's, it's, uh, it's impossible to, uh, win four in a row. I don't know how they did it. I just don't know how. And it's kind of funny because they're under the radar at this event. You look at all the media stuff. It's Rachel Holman, who's had an unbelievable year, won 88% of her games. And then the Jennifer Jones story. And nobody's talking about the four time current champion. Uh, they're really good at every position. There's no weaknesses. Again things that jennifer already had was the ice reading missing the right way figuring out the rocks and they, she's got just four incredibly talented players and maybe the best brushing in the field
0: uh, when you look at uh, of course rachel holman is on the same side of jennifer jones and pool b and we have pool a what what have you thought of this format on splitting it up and especially it used to be like a championship round, and now it just goes all week, and then it goes to some qualifiers at the end of the week as they continue to try to find the right way to find the best four teams for the playoffs on the weekend. Well, that's
1: just it. I, I don't like it. I like I like the old traditional, uh, you play every province and territory, but then what's happened? And you have to hand it to Curling Canada. That's all well and good to have a, you know, somebody from every province. And and that's what makes the Briar great and the Scotty's great. But their job is to get the best team to go on and win the world championship or the Olympics for us. So this format includes a defending champion, which helps stick at sales and helps your chances of having a good champion. And it adds three wildcard teams. Now, you know, when I lived in New Brunswick, everybody was going, Oh, this, that's not fair. And I got to go to the Briar and I got to play three more good teams. But, you know, where do you draw the line? Is it? Is it just to have one team in every province show up, or is it to try to retain a world or or an Olympic gold medal for our country? So because of these changes, four incredible teams, like I said, three wild cards and a defending champ, you've just got too many teams to have a round robin. So then they broke it into two round robins, and therefore then you have to have some type of playoff system after you, um, in this case, uh, the three best teams in each pool will continue on so six teams will make it to the final weekend and 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 that's how they do it but that's the story in itself because if you've got jennifer jones or rachel holman in your pool there's a pretty good chance there's only one spot left at the end of the round robin <laughs> so uh and there's a lot of good teams playing for that one spot so you know anything can happen but it's uh it, it's the best we just talked about in the car Vic and kathy and i uh it's the best field we've ever seen, bar none.
0: Well, when you look at Rachel Holman, of course, will be the favourite, uh, when Tracy Fleury jumped over, how much did they just have to figure out the chemistry until they settled down and, of course, have dominated so far this season? Yeah, I, I think,
1: you know, bringing in Tracy Fleury was absolutely brilliant, but in my humble opinion, what they did is they put her at skip, and she can skip, we know that, she was one shot away from going to the Olympics as skip, uh, but Rachel was still driving the bus and it just it just looked to me last year that you had four great players that weren't on the same page and it looked like three of them were down at the far end for Rachel's shots talking about the strategy and where to put the broom and Per Tracy was at the other end by herself. As uh, soon as they switched this year, the first thing I thought of was, here we go, this has to be better and you know, Rachel's Rachel, she skipped her entire life. And if, if I, you know, I skipped all my life. And if, if I was going to have to sweep and throw a last rock, God forbid, um, it would be very difficult to be confident in the hack because you haven't been able to read the ice properly. Some people can do it. Brad Gushu did it with me. Um, you know, some people, David Nedowin did it, but you, uh, I just think Tracy's more part of the team now. And the un, told story for that that team is is tracy she is really good uh i don't think there'll be a third in the field that'll curl as well as she does and that just makes rachel's job that much easier
0: russ howard joining us of course of tsn getting ready for the scotties it starts uh, tomorrow night is a draw number one in calgary and we will see skylar ackerman in her debut as a skip she was an alternate last year with robin Silvernagle. um knowing a little bit more about saskatchewan curling on the women's side russ uh, what have you seen in the growth of skylar ackerman to win a provincial title so young
1: wow that's that's our future yeah it's just plain and simple i i can't off the top of my head now I'll, I'll apologize to anybody i can't think of anybody else that's coming up similar to that age let alone that age with the ability and, and i was very impressed with the uh how calm they were uh, down the stretch in those big games. You know, Nancy Martin's been in a billion of them and they they looked uh very calm, um, good technique. Um they, they 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 the hard part, you know, I'm I'm actually looking at them right now as we speak and they're at the other end of the building and they're taking pictures of the building and that's that's the question is it's the big show, you know. You're not used to that kind of media coverage. You're not used to the fans, that that many fans. Uh, they, you know, they play in an arena, open setting at the at the provincials, but this is this is a different kettle of fish. So, I haven't looked at your schedule yet, but if he can maybe play a couple of the weaker seeds early, get through them, uh, look out. They they, they uh, you know that third spot's uh, or maybe higher is quite attainable. Uh, on the flip side, if they're playing, I don't know, Kerry Anderson, the first game it's going to be a really difficult Uh, ask. And I think if I was coaching them, I'd say, look, you've already accomplished your dream. You've been incredible. You're playing with house money here. Just go out here, have a great week, enjoy it, learn some things. And if it can stay calm, they can beat anybody.
0: That is Russ Howard of TSN, ahead of the Scotties Tournament of Hearts. Tomorrow, Saskatchewan is on the ice. Skylar Ackerman taking on Prince Edward Island more coming up here on the green zone of course champs and chumps directly ahead on 650 ckom and 980 cjme you two are winners big winners i think you're shagadelic baby
1: you're switched on you're smashing you tried your best and you failed miserably the only thing i'm addicted to right now is winning
0: you're an idiot you're a bad person Each and every day, one champ and one chump on the green zone. Uh, The chump goes to uh, Detroit Pistons center Isaiah Stewart. Before uh, the game, he uh, allegedly punched out Sun Center Drew Eubanks at the arena hours before the teams played. He was actually arrested and cited and released for what is being reported as when the witness is an unprovoked attack. Uh, There's your chump, Detroit Piston Center, Isaiah Stewart. The champs, and they're doing it again, ladies and gentlemen, they have done this before. Bill's mafia is stepping up after what happened in Kansas City. And, of course, the Chiefs ended the Buffalo Bills season yet again. But after what happened in Kansas City, Del Reed, who is one of the co-founders of what what he calls Bill's Mafia, and he's actually was given the fan of the year last year for the Buffalo Bills, uh, retweeted and shared from a fan page of the Kansas City Chiefs an idea to donate $22 to Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas City uh, where the children uh, who were shot yesterday are being treated and they came up with the idea of $22. Of course, 22 was the amount of people shot at that celebration yesterday for the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl. And Bill's Mafia, you should see it. They haven't come up with an official total yet. This is just going on today. The amount of people with Buffalo Bills jerseys on and Bill's Mafia uh, sharing the screen grab of thank you for their donation, thank you for the donation, over and over. They have done this before, and it seems like Bill's Mafia, there's something else. Um, when it came to other teams a suffering loss, they step up and donate to charities around the National Football League, and Bill's Mafia is stepping up, in this case, donating $22 each uh, to Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas City, Uh, treating the children, and there were nearly a dozen of them that suffered injuries shot yesterday in Kansas City during the Super Bowl uh, parade. Bills Mafia, the champs. (laughs) Time now for the Green Zone. One minute drill, the latest in sports. 12 games in the NHL tonight. One of them includes Connor Bedard. Back on the ice, the video of him walking in with that nice suit on, ready to go for the first time in 41 games since suffering the broken jaw in January against the New Jersey Devils. He's still tops in rookie scoring, tied for top spot in rookie scoring, despite missing uh, the last four weeks. Also tonight, there are 11 other games. uh, The Toronto Maple Leafs in action tonight as well as the Montreal Canadiens, Ottawa Senators. And then closer to home, the Calgary Flames are home to the San Jose Sharks. The Oilers are in St. Louis. The Vancouver Canucks host the Detroit Red Wings. Morgan Riley is appealing his suspension. That appeal will be heard by Gary Bettman tomorrow afternoon with the NHLPA's lawyers, Brad Treliving and Morgan Riley and his agents, heading to New York to try to get that five-game suspension Reduced. Pitchers and catchers reported today for the Toronto Blue Jays. All eyes will be on Alec Manoa to see if he can bounce back. He'll speak to reporters tomorrow. And Simone Lawrence has announced his retirement. The linebacker who isn't very popular around these parts for that hit on Zach Kalaros way back in 2019. He did announce his retirement. Simone Lawrence will now be an ambassador with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. That's it for us here on the Green Zone. And tomorrow, Mark O'Leary will join us of so the Moose Jaw Warriors. And story time with Chico. Yeah, Chico Resch will be here ahead of the stadium series with two of his former teams going head-to-head, the Devils and the Islanders, this weekend. This is 980-CJME and 650-CKOM.